0: This is a CBC podcast. Hi,
1: I'm Ian Hannah Mansing. Welcome to Checkup's Ask Me Anything podcast. On this edition, our AMA about the International Court of Justice and its recent ruling on Israel and Gaza.
2: This is a historic day. Palestine welcomes the momentous order by the International Court of Justice.
1: Israel's commitment to international law is unwavering. Equally unwavering is our sacred commitment to continue to defend our country and defend our people.
0: I think in a sense, all parties got something they wanted. Israel did not want a ceasefire to be ordered. And of course, South Africa wanted the case to proceed through uh, the International Court of Justice system, and and it got that.
1: On Friday, January 26th, the International Court of Justice ordered Israel to take a series of emergency measures to prevent genocide in Gaza as it carries out its military operation against Hamas. The court did not order a ceasefire as requested by South Africa, but it did urge Hamas to release hostages that it's been holding since an attack on October the 7th. The ICJ's ruling was part of a larger case brought forward by South Africa accusing Israel of committing genocidal acts. Israel has rejected that allegation, saying its actions in Gaza are based on self-defense and are necessary to root out Hamas. Now, to be clear, the court hasn't delivered any ruling on that question, yet it could be years before it reaches a decision. But the emergency measures that have been ordered are calling on Israel to protect Palestinian civilians in Gaza and ensure access to humanitarian aid. And that's the focus of this week's Ask Me Anything. Our AMA guest is John Allen, a senior fellow at the Monk School of Global Affairs and Public Policy. He also served as Canada's ambassador to Israel from 2006 to 2010. And he answered questions about the recent ICJ ruling and what it means for the Israel-Hamas war. Here are a few
0: highlights from our show.
1: John, thank you very much for joining us.
0: Thanks, Ian. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. So very important conversation and nice to have an expert like you who can guide us through it. Let, let's let begin with what this interim ruling on Friday
0: said. What, what was determined here? Well, um, first of all, um, there was uh, a finding of a plausibility of genocide. Not a finding of genocide, which, as you said, will take years, but this Prima facie case in in sort of domestic Canadian legal terms that it's possible, nothing more than that. But the implication of that is that the court accepted um, Israel's case of the necessity of self defense. Um, Then the question becomes in their actions of self defense, did they go so far as to be accused of genocide? I think we have to remember here that um, the International Court of Justice only deals with genocide. It doesn't deal with lesser crimes of crimes against humanity and um, war crimes. So though that was the initial finding. Um, and then uh, essentially the court said that Israel, because of this plausibility, should be doing what it can to protect civilians from harm. Implication being they're not doing enough right now. And uh, there was a finding, an order, that they should increase humanitarian assistance. This is despite the fact that Israel has said that they're doing everything they can. Um, there was actually a, a, a determination that there was a catastrophic humanitarian situation in Gaza. The implication being that Israel is, in fact, not doing enough. And um Uh, Then there was a a finding that Israel should uh, do what it can to prevent and punish incitement to genocide. There were comments, um, not by ministers in the war cabinet, but by the chief of staff and by other ministers in the cabinet and others in Israel, that sounded like incitement to genocide um, and the the court recognized that and uh, and told um, Israel that it should uh, it should stop that punish it uh, where possible. finally, um, as you mentioned, um, there was uh, a realization that uh, the hostages had been taken it should be released. And then there was a requirement that Israel had to report back in a month. Uh, so Israel is going to have to decide what it um, wants to do in order to comply with uh, these various orders, report back, and, uh, and then the court will decide uh, whether it, it has indeed complied uh, with its request.
1: That is such a comprehensive and clear description of uh, what the International Court of Justice said. Uh, John, I'm sure there are a lot of people who don't really understand the International Court of Justice and wonder what kind of power does it have? So it's made these, these interim findings. It's required Israel to report back in a month. Uh, what, what power, enforcement power, is there behind that?
0: Well, good question. Um, Now, the International Court of Justice uh, takes cases state to state. So we have a case with South Africa bringing a case against Israel. Um, The court itself does not have enforcement powers. It makes its ruling. Countries have agreed to be bound by it. Um, And like most of international law, there is a, uh, a legal obligation, a moral obligation to comply, but no enforcement. But there is enforcement in the sense that the court is a UN body and matters that it decides can be referred to the United Nations Security Council, which does have enforcement powers. So, uh, hypothetically, um, a, a Israel decides not to do anything Um, claims that it's already uh, complying with these orders South Africa or another country could suggest that the UN Security Council should consider whether there's been a violation of the orders, non-compliance, and the Security Council could take enforcement measures. Now, uh, I think it's highly unlikely that they would because the United States is a permanent member, has a veto, and the United States has already... Um, suggested that um, this case, if not frivolous, is inappropriate and um, that there's no question that uh, Israel's not committed genocide. So Mm -hmm. I have the impression they would probably veto an effort to uh, impose sanctions, for example.
1: Mark Arnold is calling from Toronto. Hi, Mark. Hi, good evening. How are you? I'm I'm well. If I'm reading these notes correctly, it says, uh, Mark, you're an international human rights lawyer?
0: Indeed, I am. Uh, The Canadian government has recently taken Iran to the International Court of Justice on the shooting down of flight PS752. It's a claim that what happened was a terrorist act. Your uh, guest tonight said, and I hope I don't know if I heard correctly or not, that the ICJ only deals with genocide. Did I hear that correct? And if I did, then I have concerns that our government has tried to take Iran on issues of terrorism to the ICJ. John? Well, what what I was saying was that in, in this case, it's not dealing with crimes against humanity and war crimes, which are lesser crimes. Uh, there are other conventions that the ICJ can uh, discuss. There is a convention against um, terrorism, against aircraft, and given that uh, states are parties to that convention, the ICJ could deal with that. But in, in this case, which where we're talking about accusations against Israel for uh, overstepping humanitarian law, it's only genocide where both Israel and South Africa are parties uh, that uh, they can deal with.
1: Mark, do you have a follow-up?
0: Yes. To clarify, you are saying that the ICJ does have jurisdiction over terrorism with respect to aircraft so that our government in Canada is not offside in trying to go to the ICJ on the PS752 right. matter. Sure. And they have, uh, they have jurisdiction over terrorism against uh, maritime security uh, and, and other conventions in, in that regard. All right. right. I understand. Thank you. Yeah, thank
1: you very much for the call, Mark. Uh, We are looking at the uh, International Court of Justice interim decision that came out on Friday regarding South Africa's claim that Israel is practicing practicing genocide. There was no final determination on that. And uh, our guest, John Allen, a senior fellow at the Monk School of Global Affairs and Public Policy, is here to answer your
0: questions. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman, host of the CBC podcast, The Dose.
1: Brunier, how do you pronounce your last name, Ed? Brunier. Okay. Uh, Brunier,
2: call- like the hair color, Brunier.
1: Okay, excellent. Uh, calling from Sudbury. And what's your question yeah. for John Allen, Ed?
2: Yes, the the original start of all this, uh, I understand even uh, the parents of Jesus, uh, Joseph and Mary, had conflicts with the Palestine. Like, uh, <clears throat> so, you know, This fight has been on for 2,000, over 2,000 years. So what actually started the conflict?
1: Well, John, uh, that's a big question. How would you like to respond?
0: Yeah, I won't go back um, 3,000 or 2,000 years. Um, And in fact, um, I would say that prior to 1948, when the UN partitioned uh, Palestine, uh, then a British uh, protectorate, uh, Arabs and Muslims and Jews actually got along reasonably well. Jews lived in in Morocco and Tunisia and Algeria, in Iraq, etc. It was really the creation of the state uh, of of Israel um, that um, uh, began uh, the current set of conflicts that we've seen go on since forty eight through sixty seven and seventy three and the Intifadas, etc. and um, uh, at the time, Israel accepted uh, the UN partition and agreed to uh, the land that it was um, granted. And at the time, the Arab states—there was no Palestinian state, there were four Arab states—disagreed and attacked Israel. And uh, that was really—that was the beginning. And, um as I've uh, said uh, for a long time, there's plenty of blame uh, on both sides uh, going forward uh, seventy five years later as to why there's still a conflict, but um, hopefully we can we can move to uh, better times, two states for two peoples and uh, and seeing an end to that conflict. Ed, thank you very
1: much for your question. And, John, it's terrific to have an expert that can handle uh, so many of the questions on, on this issue. I appreciate it. Barbara Lando is calling from Toronto. Hi, Barbara.
2: Hello. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. What's your question for John Allen?
2: My question is the criteria set by the International Court of Justice. I thought it was it did an excellent job. But they are, the requirements on Israel were important, but quite general. I'm wondering if John could answer, what are some examples of what Israel needs to do to successfully respond to showing sufficient efforts to protect civilians from harm, uh, to improving humanitarian aid, minimizing incitement by their cabinet ministers, and uh, securing a release of hostages? What are some concrete examples that would show that Israel succeeded a month from now?
1: Yeah, what a terrific question, Barbara.
0: Thank you very much. John? thanks Barbara. yeah, I mean, uh in terms of reducing the deaths and injuries, um the United States has been uh, re- demanding that Israel uh, reduce the bombing and the artillery and use a much more targeted approach that would minimize civilian deaths and casualties on the humanitarian front. there's no question that uh, more food, water, medicine, uh, fuel uh, should be coming in uh, to uh, the Gaza Strip. Uh, there was never enough to begin with, and uh, three and a half months into the war, there is a dire need uh, for uh, for that humanitarian assistance. and And Israel should be relaxing the inspections that they do. They should be opening up all of the crossings, uh, they have already taken uh steps to prevent protesters who had had uh, closed one of the uh one of the crossings um, on the prevent and punish uh, incitement. The attorney general of Israel has already stated uh immediately after the uh the case was announced uh, before the decision that she would be taking steps to uh, uh to prosecute and punish uh hate and incitement. Um, So that, in a sense, has already been done. Um, So I think there are clear, concrete steps that Israel can take and that can be measured and and that hopefully uh, they will engage in over the next month.
1: Barbara, thank you very much for your question. Let's go to Maria Yolanda Shaw, who is in Thunder Bay. Hi, Maria. Hi. What's your question for John Allen?
2: All right. ICJ uh, required... Uh, the Israelites to comply with the requirement of preventing incitement of genocide, right? Right. Okay. Now, so then if I were Benjamin Netanyahu, I would say no one is above the rule. Everyone should follow the same rule and comply. That means Hamas publicly claimed they're after the, the Israelites. That's why they did that attack on October 7th genocide. They want to eliminate the Israelites. Therefore, everyone should rally to prevent Hamas from doing that, not just against the Israelites, because they want genocide against the Israelites, but also implicitly, they also is committing genocide against the Palestinians by using them as human shield.
1: And so what's your question for John and Maria?
2: So then shouldn't uh I, I'm just saying, it doesn't sound logical. Like, now the, the Israelites is in a position to say, all my allies, all the people around the world, including the South African, why are they just going after us to comply, uh, to prevent incitement of genocide? They should also hold the Hamas, like, responsible, mm-hmm. and they should also comply with that, that the Hamas should comply. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Why why just go after the Israelites? Because the Hamas is doing genocide against the Israelites, and they're Uh, implicitly and and indirectly committing genocide against the Palestinians.
1: Okay, Maria, thank you very much for the question. Uh, John, we have about two minutes, uh, but uh, please respond. Yeah,
0: so very quickly... um, the international court of justice only deals with states unfortunately it doesn't deal with a terrorist group or a terrorism of this nature uh, it uh, it 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 can't um uh, sanction uh, a non-state actor which is hamas i agree with you that um what uh, hamas did uh and their uh Constitution, talks about the uh, elimination and the annihilation of Israel, and if it were a state, it would represent genocide, and they too uh, would be sanctioned. But unfortunately, uh, uh, the the, the situation is that Israel, even if it has a right to self-defense, and even it should be, can and and should be doing what it can to prevent this and protect its society— As it goes about exercising that right of self-defense, it still has to um, maintain uh, international law in its efforts. It still has to operate within within international humanitarian law, not committing genocide, not committing uh, war crimes or crimes against humanity, even if it's against a non-state actor like Hamas. So you're right. Israel's in a in a bit of a bind, and I also agree with you that Hamas is using uh, its own Palestinian citizens as human shields. It seems to have no regard for the fact that 25,000 of them have been killed, uh, nor did it when it uh, when it massacred um, the number of Israelis uh, that it did uh, 2,200 uh, on October the seventh. But we're operating in a state-to-state uh, situation, and, um, and Israel is being held to account for its actions in that regard.
1: All right, Maria, thank you very much for your question. And John, I have to say, I very much appreciate your very measured and uh, uh, evidence-based answers. It's, uh, it's been nice to speak to you today. Thank you. Thank you, Ian. Appreciate it. John Allen, a senior fellow at the Monk School of Global Affairs and Public Policy. He also served as Canada's ambassador to Israel from 2006 to 2010. That was a portion of Cross Country Checkup's AMA about the ICJ ruling with John Allen. He's a senior fellow at the Monk School of Global Affairs and Public Policy and served as Canada's ambassador to Israel from 2006 to 2010. If you'd like to listen to yesterday's full two-hour edition of Cross Country Checkup, you can stream the podcast on the CBC Listen app. And if you'd like to share comments or appear on the show, you can go to cbc.ca slash aircheck. I'm Ian Hanamancic. Thanks for listening. The next live edition of Checkup airs on CBC Radio, CBC News Network, and CBC News Explore next Sunday.